Welcome to Beauty and the Mess, redefining what it means to have it all and how to find fulfillment in life. And now your host, transformational life coach and creator of the active word line, Beauty and the Mess, Robin Emmerich. Today we've got Dallas Kay, music producer, DJ, and songwriter. Dallas, thank you so much for being here. I've been excited for this uh, connection today. It's It's been several months, actually, I can't um, even believe that. And I know time, time really does fly. I was just thinking about that the other day of kind of when that time uh, that we met was and it was, yeah, it was almost a year ago. I think maybe, yes. yeah, I actually think a full year, I think it was in February of last year. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited yes. to chat. Yes, yes. Tell us a little bit about how you got started to um, become sure. a music producer and, and songwriter and, and DJ with incredible Yeah, music. definitely. Um, so I started, I mean, it all started from a love of music, I think, which started really young in my life. Um, I grew up in a household where, I mean, my mom always had the radio on. My dad was always really interested in music as far as just uh, as a um, like a hobbyist more more or less um just playing guitar and singing songs and stuff like that and um so i got exposed to a lot of different types of music really early in my life um and from there i think i mean my first memory of kind of really being interested in music beyond just like listening to it and being like i like the song was um when i was in elementary school i, I was born in michigan um and my family moved to florida um about the time that i was four or five so a little background on this whole thing is um, Orlando, Florida, where we moved, actually had like a, a really large uh, dance music community, um, probably bigger than Miami at that point in time and um, definitely the biggest in the Southeast. So when we moved there, there was actually a FM terrestrial radio station that played nothing but dance music. Um, so when I was in probably like third or fourth grade, I, we'd be, you know, we'd listen to this and I really, really loved this radio station and these songs. Um, and I just like was begging my parents to buy me turntables and let me become a DJ and like buy me vinyls and buy me all these things that I was just like, no, 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 I can do this. I know I'm young, but I could be a DJ. Um, <clears throat> and they were obviously very skeptical because uh, as a parent, it's not a, it's not a fixed cost of where you buy your child an instrument and then they learn it and they get really good at it with DJing. It's like, you're on, only as good as the records that you have as well. So it's like, it's a definitely a scalable expense. Um, you know, and I played sports and everything. So they were like, okay. Um, <clears throat> so instead they actually bought me a guitar, which in the long run of my life and career, I think was actually a, a lot better of a, an investment for me because it uh, allowed me to like learn an in instrument um and you know learn a skill set that's probably more useful than becoming like a vinyl uh dj at that point as like a third grader because i you know i could have gotten frustrated with it and given up on it but um from there that kind of spurred my love of of playing music and then um i was in bands for uh some time and then the issue with being in a band when you're in uh late middle school or early high school is uh getting your friends to actually practice um, you know, everyone has a job at PacSun at the mall or has like a new girlfriend that they want to hang out with or whatever it is, but it's just like getting everyone as focused as I was, was, was an issue. And, um, uh, one of the summers when we went back to Michigan to visit my family, one of my cousins had a, a computer program called Fruity Loops and it, he was like making music on his computer. And I was like, wait, like I can do this. 
um, so from there, I just kind of realized that like that that's sick. Like I have to figure out what this is. I have to figure out like how to do this. Um, and I also then realized that I can do all this myself and not have to not have to wait for anyone else to kind of uh, get to my page of uh, of excitement or what what have you. Um, so from there, we just or I sorry from there, I just kind of started to zone out on that on my family's computer, just like making music all the time just like experimenting with this stuff, like learning these programs. And um, probably about the time I got to high school or like end of high school, I, I was like taking it really seriously at that point. I had kind of discovered all these new electronic acts that were putting out music that I really liked. And I was like, okay, I wanna like, I wanna DJ. Like I wanna play these songs that I'm making. I wanna, you know, go DJ the parties, DJ all the events, whatever, I wanna do this. So that's kind of how I got started into DJing was just from actually making music. So it kind of comes back full circle there a little bit. Um, and beyond that, I think uh, it was good. You know, I was DJing like basketball games and school dances and house parties. And it was like, it was obviously just like stuff to cut your teeth and get better at it. But I think it was actually really helpful for me in the long run. Um, and from there, I just, uh, I went on to like start making songs and just sending them out to people and sending them to blogs to get them posted. And it, it all kind of happened semi-organically to some extent where people were just like, cool, like, do you want to come like DJ in Boston or DJ in San Francisco? And this was kind of actually after the time that I made a short run of, uh, of my short collegiate run where I went to Florida State for a summer semester and a fall semester. And then just realized that my passions were, you know, elsewhere and it wasn't necessarily the best use of my time to do this. And um, I was just back in Orlando making music and, and everything kind of fell into place through the connections that I had made in, um, in Tallahassee at Florida State actually. And, wow. uh, and from, from there we just, or sorry, I keep saying we, I, I say we a lot because I just like, I always work with a lot of people and, I, and like my team, I always refer to this journey as an artist as like a we thing, cause it's not necessarily I, just I me doing that. it. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm still getting over my illness, so my brain is not working at 100% capacity. Um, point being, um, from there, I just people started emailing me, "Hey, do you want to come DJ? Hey, do you want to re release your song on this label, on this thing?" And you know, they were all smaller opportunities, but for me, I was like, "Oh, cool! Like I can actually do this, and I can actually make a, a career and a living out of this. This is really interesting to me." Um, and from there, I uh, I ended up getting a booking agent. It was uh, a guy named Lee Anderson at AM Only who was at the time repping like Skrillex and Zed and uh, all these, like all of my, basically all my favorite artists at that point. So I was like, okay, great. Um, and, and at the same time, I was fortunate enough to come to LA and then meet a lot of these, uh, these creators that were making pop music as well, like writing a lot of uh, hit songs and everything like that. So I kind of started to develop this this other career as a songwriter and a producer in tandem with that um which is kind of where the two roads split at some point but are also very much uh in intertwined still um because for me too as a music maker it's really freeing to be able to help another artist with their vision or even if you're just working with songwriters and you're making a song you can you can wear a different hat every day you can make a different song you can be a different artist um, so for me as a producer and a writer, that was really freeing to, to get to, to do because, you know, when you're making dance music, it's, it's almost more functional. It's like, can I play this? Will people dance? Well, you know, and it's, right. it's, you're still making music and it's still creative and it's still, um, 
it, it's still like a songwriting process. It's just a different, um, it's just a different game, so to speak. Um, so from there, I, when I was in LA, or I guess I, I had, I guess I, I moved to LA. That's a, that's another part of it. <laughs> I came, ago, I came to LA. How long ago was that? This was 2011. I came okay. to LA for the first time in March or May, probably. And then I came okay. back in the summer in, in June or July. And I was supposed to stay for a week and I stayed for like three months. Um, and from there, as I started playing more shows, I was just like, this is where I want to be. Like, this is where everything's happening. If I have time between, you know, shows, I'm going to just come to LA. Um, and look, that was, that was based off the fact that, I mean, I met a songwriter named Jay Cash and he was just like, bro, like sleep on my couch, like whatever, like, I don't care. Um, and like, I'm, I was very fortunate to meet these people who kind of like guided me in, in certain ways in the business and kind of helped me get my start. And I, you know, I owe them a lot because, you know, moving to LA as a, as a young kid is one thing. And, you know, if you don't know anyone too, it's like, okay, cool. LA is a very isolating city. So you're sitting in your apartment all the time and you don't see anyone and maybe you have a couple friends but it's like I kind of got like shuffled right into a good friend group a lot of them were actually from Florida so it like worked out to where even if I was gone for three weeks playing shows I would come back and I you know felt a part of a of a community and a friend group um but from there I I'm trying to I'm trying to annotate this all very uh quickly but um so from there, I was like living in LA and I ended up signing a publishing deal with a company called Prescription Songs, which has been my publisher for um, my whole career. And they've done really, really well for me. Um, and it then it just became splitting time between touring as a DJ and writing songs. And um, around 2016, I think is where I produced the, um, like basically what became my first hit record, uh, which was Fifth Harmony, Work From Home. Um, and that kind of changed everything for me because then it was like, as a songwriter, I had way more opportunity than I did as an artist and a DJ at that point. Um, so it was like, even though I was still playing, I still probably played like 50 or 60 shows that year. Um, it was like, there was a, a, a whole mess of opportunity for me in LA. So it was like, trying to figure out how to split those times between um, songwriting and working on my own artist career. And I think that's kind of been my, um, been my um, that's been my struggle thus far with, uh, with the rest of my career of trying to figure out how to balance these two things. But around 2018, um, I basically realized that I had built two separate careers. There were people who knew me as a DJ. There were people who knew me as a songwriter. And um, I was like, if I can merge these two things together, it's gonna make my life a lot easier. It's gonna make what I do a lot more, uh, there's gonna be a lot more through lines in what I do. And um, it's just gonna be better for, for me and for everyone, I think. So uh, that's kind of been my goal over the last like year or two is just kind of like merging those two worlds, so to speak. Um, so when I met you last year at Tony Robbins, sure. was that when things started taking off for you? Because I know that you recently produced a new album. No, I mean, I was already pretty well established by 2018. I, I like, I've started, okay. I started touring as a DJ. Yeah, I, I miss a lot of timeline okay. aspects here. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, around, around like 2012 is when I actually started touring as a DJ. So that was kind of when things started taking off for me as an artist and in, in as far as like the EDM world and that was concerned. And that's been going um, since then 
Um, and then 2016 was kind of my songwriter career. Like that's when that started to do a lot better. So, so but sure. what really fuels the drive to be able to do so many different things and weave them together? I think it is the, it's the no day is ever the same um, is actually what's the most exciting is that it's like, I don't have, there's no monotony in what it is that I do. Um, you know, to some extent, like what my week it consists of is, you know, Monday through Friday, I have songwriters in my house and we're working on stuff or I'm finishing production on stuff. But it's like, even within the monotony of that construct, it's like every single day is different. It's different people, it's different projects, it's different everything. So um, I think that just like not having to wake up and work on the same thing over and over and over again and, you know, and you, you do to some extent, I mean, to finish a song, it's, you know, I can sit in this room for 16, 17 hours straight and be working on one minute aspect of it that probably nobody will ever realize. But um, that's incredible. So you as an artist is really freed, in a sense, to be able to sure. have a multi-passionate lifestyle. Sure, sure. I mean, it's all under the umbrella of music to some extent, um, but it's, yeah, it's, I think that's what keeps it interesting for me and keeps me going at it is I don't have to do, you know, I know a lot of artists who, you know, they're EDM DJs and nothing else and that's what they do and then they feel like stuck and trapped by having to make this one type of thing and it's like, you know, that can be, from a creative perspective, it's like, that can just be kind of debilitating because you're like, okay, cool. So I have to do the same thing again. And if I, I can't really do this other thing, I mean, even though, I mean, it's probably a, a farce that you can't do a different thing. I think anyone can do whatever they want. And I think right. music fans are actually more open to artists experimenting than the artist actually thinks they are, if that makes sense. So true. And I, I love that you talk about we and, having a team you know a lot of artists are more isolated what was that journey sure, I mean, like yeah. for you well it's been i mean there, there's it's not without it's not without its changes i mean um i've definitely had you know the unfortunate part of of having a team is having to change members out and and work with new people and um that's been something actually that's over the last like year or two been um something that's new to me, but I think like, um, yeah, I mean, I have my manager who, you know, I have two, two managers, uh, my agent who, you know, it's a team of about two or three people who work on that. Um, then my lawyer, my business manager, um, my publishers, um, I'm trying to think of anyone else. Those are like my people that I really, I mean, and then once you, we like, we obviously work with different record labels. So then you have the label team, then you have like, it definitely is not anything that anyone can do by themselves. I mean, I have my uh, John who helps me here um, on like a day-to-day -day basis. And I have, you know, it's, it's definitely takes a, it takes an army of people to be able to do this correctly just because, um, you know, no one artist can do all this themselves. I think at, I mean, I guess you, you feasibly could, but um, I mean, I just think if you're trying to do it at a very high level and be able to, to focus on other projects you need to delegate these tasks to other people um so yeah i mean it's just it's it's definitely a team effort when it comes to the whole process you know even from the creation aspect i'm very rarely am i creating all of these things 100 percent me you know um i work with other songwriters i work with other producers and even if even if it's a song for example that i wrote 100 percent myself and produced 100 percent myself i have somebody who mixes it i have the mastering engineer and then you take you know so it's like 
there's always other people involved in the process to some extent. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's like important to, to realize that it's like, yes, the art comes from me, but it's like, you know, we all together figure out how to get it into the world the best we can. Yeah, I love that. So when you start writing a song or producing, where does that inspiration typically come from for you? I get this question a lot, honestly, and it's it's probably less um, uh, it's probably less magical than a person would assume the experience is. Like you know, a lot of the times um, when I'm working with songwriters, it's just me playing chords either on piano or a, or a synth sound or guitar or whatever. And we just start to think of melodies that kind of sound good over those. And, and then kind of like, there might be a word in there and we kind of pick out that word. And then it's, it's a little bit of just like, I, somebody described it as bottling magic, um, the other day. And I, I do like that because it's just kind of like collective, it's collective thinking and it all kind of comes together. Um, with just like an idea from one person or the other of just like, oh, what about this melody or what about this lyric? And it just kind of all falls into place. And that's, those are the good days. Obviously there's days where it's, it's like, um, I call the bad session days escape rooms because you're just trying to figure out how you can get out as fast as you can. <laughs> it's like when, when, you know, cause like, look, the, 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 the hard part about songwriting is like, you're not going to write a great song every day. You're not going to always get the one so it's like just understanding that those days are going to happen just the same way that the days where you write amazing songs that inspire you are going to happen um i love that so what fuels you through the harder days harder days um <laughs> it's tough if you i mean if you you know the tougher the harder days are just like i have a i have a pretty good mentality about just being like you know not feeling like you wasted a day it's like even still if you didn't get the song you wanted you actually don't really know how that song or those parts of that song or that relationship with that writer can lead into the next great song or great opportunity or anything like that so it's just like it's just not being too hard on yourself or on others and just being like great you know what it's we we didn't waste the day it's just we didn't get what we wanted necessarily um so I, I don't know. I just try to kind of have a, a an open mind to them and just be not so um, hard on myself and hard on anyone else for that because it's not really anyone's fault. Even the best songwriter in the world, even even Ed Sheeran's probably not going to write a great song every day, and he's going to have some days where he just can't think of anything. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I I love that, and that goes for so much of life as well, right? You know, know. just out of curiosity, did you? start that way or was that something that you really began to discover at the more that you no that's all all of the the uh psychological aspects of the creative process are something that i've only really kind of dove into over the last like two years and i think it's i mean it's it's the most important thing that i have to share with creators i think um because i mean so much of of i mean freelance work in general but then also uh creative work um, it's obviously very subjective. It's art to some extent. Right. And right. <clears throat> the way that the world interacts with that art <clears throat> is not really up to you. Um, you know, you can, you can have the best business plan in the world. You can have the best marketer, you can have the best everything. And it just like, if people don't connect with it for whatever reason, not even the reason that it's bad. Um, it's just, that's debilitating. That can be debilitating to somebody. So I think detaching yourself from the result of, or the outcome rather of what happens with a piece of art and maintaining the love for the process and 
the love of, for the journey is the kind of the most important thing that a creator can do is like is strengthen that within themselves um right. yeah that's i mean that's kind of that's my main that's, thesis on that stuff i i love that and i love you know whenever you said the word collective thinking i think that there's there's that aspect of connection that happens through art and mm -hmm. right. i i've personally never really had that experience because I'm not a songwriter. I'm more of a painter type of artist. <laughs> but I'm sure you've had a, you know, I'm sure you've had a, uh, a song that resonated with you, you know, in some type of way and meant something to you in a certain yes. part of life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So can you expand more on what that is, you know, what that experience is like for you when you're writing songs? Sure. I mean, the, the one thing I think too, I, I met a, a really, a young songwriter who she was she just kind of realized that she liked writing songs and then kind of dove into it and she's a friend of a friend so I sat down with her just to kind of give her some advice or just kind of see where she's at and what she's thinking and one thing that we kind of uh were kind of marveling at was how in a songwriting session for whatever reason um when you get two people in there or three people or four people who actually maybe don't even really know each other uh, the ability to go really deep into the conversation and, and be really vulnerable is, is like immensely high, higher than like anywhere else I've ever seen in my life, in my walking life. Like there's no, there's nowhere else I've been with the exception of maybe uh, the Tony Robbins uh, UPW um, where people like, where people are just so open. And um, you know, I was in a session the other day and I, you know, and then it's like everyone's going through their entire love history and, you know, their relationship with their parents. And it was like, it was like 15 <laughs> minutes into the session. And I was like, wait, like where else in the world can this happen? So I think there's something really magical about that. And maybe that's just a kind of a collective understanding of like, yo, we're here to make art. We can, you know, uh, we're here to listen to that, that part of you to see if it inspires something in us and inspires something in the song. Um, and I wouldn't say that like every single musician is like that but um within the la songwriting community i've noticed that that's it's a thing where people just can meet each other and go really deep and have really vulnerable and honest conversations um I, and i think that's something that's really special too because that doesn't happen really anywhere i don't think other yeah than, yeah other than very, very other close <laughs> long you know long relationships stuff like that but right other than at tony robbins we were paired together for the right. love and relationships <laughs> exactly, right, yeah. no, definitely. Um, yeah. I love that. And, and it's so true. You know, there, there is something so unique when you can meet anybody at that openness and vulnerability, mm -hmm. because ultimately that's who we are. Sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big part of it too, is like people are just being themselves and it's like, um, whether it's been fostered over time and, and generations of, of creators, I guess that it's just like, or we're just predisposed to being those types of people because you're a creative in the first place. I, I'm not really sure which one it is, but it's, um, it's definitely really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. As a creator and just really becoming more of who you are, what has been most fulfilling for you along the way? I think it's being able to give back to others and my family and like, and like, I think a big part of my 2020 goals were, were a realizing um how lucky i was to have the people around me when i first got to la um and like where i would be without them i'm just like i'm not really sure i'm i'm not entirely you know i'm not entirely sure what kind of career i would even i would have um 
just from like being able to ask them a question when I had an issue or like they're them introducing me to somebody. And like, so my thing is like, I want to be that person for other creators who like don't because the hard part, one of the hard parts about the music business is that if you didn't grow up with like a direct relative in it, or you didn't have like an uncle who's like a entertainment attorney or an aunt who's like a head of a music studio or something like, you don't know how any of the business side of this works and you can go to school for it, I guess, and you can read books, but it's, um, it's definitely a learning process and I've learned the hard way more times than I can count. So for me, I'm just like, let me help somebody else not make some of the same, like not even missteps as far as like doing deals or whatever like that. Just like, just etiquette stuff, just how to, how to deal with, uh, problems and stuff like that. And I'm just like, so that's been, I've been starting to do more of that and that's been really fulfilling too because I think that's um, just, I was so lucky to have that and it's my journey to kind of share that with others now. I love that. And I can imagine giving back is just so incredibly rewarding for you as you see people progress and get to see yeah, I mean, that's, and that's witness the their goal. journey. That's the goal, right? Exactly. It's just like, see, yeah. because I know I wasn't very good when I first got to LA, but somebody took a chance on me. Somebody was like, look, we're going to make, you know, I see something in you that I think could be good. And um, so for me, it's about trying to develop that same skill and, and, and see that in other people and like how, what, what opportunities do I have to give to somebody else? Um, and like, yeah, that, that can just help them further their career. Mm-hmm. And how have you overcome some of the challenges that you've faced as you've grown your business? Um, I mean, it, the, the thing with music is, is always an ebb and flow, right? It's, uh, I mean, with any business, I think, right? It's like not, yeah. no, nobody's business is a complete upwards hockey stick forever. Um, and I think it's just, I mean, learning how to be an entrepreneur and a sole proprietor of a, of a business, I think is a whole different part of music that, that gets glossed over really, really quickly is like, you know, cause you're a kid who makes a lot of money essentially, or a lot of money in the relative sense to, to you as a, as a 17 year old or an 18 year old. <laughs> um, it's all, it's all obviously very relative, but, um, but nobody tells you what to do with that. Nobody tells you uh, about, I mean, your, your business managers tell you about taxes and whatever, but it's just like, um, even if you get a, if you sign a record deal or you sign a thing and you get a huge advance check, it's like, yeah, you don't make dollar two until you pay that entire check back. So don't go spend that right now. Um, and I just also think from a, from a business perspective of just like the flow of work, um, you know, as a producer, it's like we, as a producer and songwriter, when you're working with artists, a lot of it is like, you can work with an artist for three weeks, four weeks. And it's like, okay, but that they're not putting out an album until next year. So, and we don't know what songs we're gonna use yet. So a lot of your business as a producer and a songwriter kind of relies on other people in a different way than you do with your internal team. It relies on other people making decisions that are gonna be what's best for their artists and their client. Um, So it's kind of just like making sure you're always creating. um, And like I said, staying in love with the process too and not really being, like overcome with the result and because you just won't you probably won't be thrilled nine times out of ten um but i mean the way i face challenges i think is um definitely try to do self-improvement self-growth meditation i think 
um, over the last couple of weeks, with the exception of me being sick last week and not really like you, I don't know if you have, when you have a fever and you're like hallucinating almost, I don't know if meditating is actually the best idea. Um, I agree. <laughs> but, but I mean, for me, my personal journey has been realizing the, how fortunate I am to have the level of freedom in my life that I do. Um, just of, not even of a, in any sort of sense other than time. Um, like I can spend a day however I choose at the end of the day, um, whether that's the best for me or not, it's, that's my opportunity cost to, to, to decide. But um, just really honing in on the gratitude of that and really focusing on um, loving yourself and, and sending that love out into the world and, uh, and trying to help as many people and give back in as many ways as you can and just give more of yourself um, to the world, I think is, is something that's helped me. Um, I don't know if that's actually even <laughs> the best use of a, in a business sense of my time, but it's just, for me, it's what makes me feel the best. It makes me feel, um, the most fulfilled, I think. I, I love that. And I agree with you. I think that ultimately we can live from the inside out and create that way and create success that way as well. Mm -hmm. Um, to a degree, it's all energy in, mm -hmm. in a way yeah. of what you sure. put out, you, receive back and mm. it's refreshing to hear you in particular say you know to love yourself and to love others you know i think that message is sometimes lost in the mix of sure business I mean, yeah i think too it's i the other part of that for me is like uh is it, i think self-love is actually just self-forgiving <laughs> i think i think it's just yes. not being so and just knowing that if you make a mistake, it's just, it's like, don't, don't beat yourself up over that mistake. It's like, yeah, just use it as a reminder for the next time. And you know, it's, it's all mindfulness to some extent to where, okay, I'm aware that I did that. I shouldn't have probably done that. Or I wasted time doing this. Okay. And it's like, don't beat yourself up over it. It's all part of the journey. Just know that the next time that happens, uh, just remind yourself, tap yourself on the shoulder, so to speak, and just be like, Hey, well, remember how this, last time and how you felt after and you know it's like um so i think it's just being more forgiving with yourself which i think I, is yeah. as a person who's a entrepreneur whatever I, I don't really love that word but um it's what you are as a as a musician at the end of the day right. um i you know i just think that's it's it's easy to be hard on yourself and that's that's my journey of self-love do i wake up and look at myself in the mirror every morning and be like i'm so thrilled <laughs> with myself it's like no i don't um and I, I don't think that i don't think that having something that you want to improve about your life is as a bad thing um i think that's a good thing i think that's what keeps people wanting to do things i think that's motivation for the universe but um i just don't think like don't beat yourself up over every single little thing I, I love that. That's why I came up with Beauty in the Mess, because ultimately when things are a mess, there's so much beauty in it when you yeah. can open your eyes and see it and let go sure, of that exactly. perfection yeah. and you know self-judgment. And I, I fullheartedly agree with you on, on self-love and, and it's, it's just living in the moment, mm -hmm. which is, mm -hmm. is really what you really articulated is living in the moment and making the most of today. Sure. And yeah, I mean, you don't, the, the past and the future actually don't exist to some extent, you know, the, the past happened, it, it's real, um, but the future definitely doesn't exist yet, um, and you have no control over the past. I mean, as an artist too, and as a, I think as a person in general, you can always look back and, and think of your past 
as reasons to limit yourself or like your potential or what you can do or like, well, okay, well, I already did this. So like, I don't know if I can do that. And I think I, I started that thought process as a musician. It's like, okay, well, I made this type of song. So I don't know if I can put out this type of song, but I think that, that it, it lends itself to like the greater thing of, of uh, or the greater journey of my life of like, oh, well, okay. So if I'm already at this level, then like, can I be at that level? And it's like, well, yeah, you can. Cause it, none of that actually matters as much as you think it does. Right. Um, and I think it's about separating yourself and letting go of the past and to, to some extent that it, that it actually impacts your future. I think it, you know, if you, if you committed a crime and you're in jail, yes, the <laughs> past very much affects your future. But if you're a living, breathing human uh, who's not incarcerated, um, there's always, you know, you can always take it as far as, as you want it to go, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and create your own future, right? Yeah. Right. Any last thoughts? I don't even really know. Just, um, I'm grateful and I, hope that I can inspire others to just be themselves and do what they want to do. You've inspired me. Thank you. I Great. love that. <laughs> you being here and I, I love following you and all that you do. And for people that are not following you yet, tell them where can people follow sure. you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, on Instagram at just Dallas K no space, no underscore, no anything Twitter, same thing. Um, not as active on there as much as Instagram, but, uh, and then, yeah, my music on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music, Amazon, uh, <laughs> just Dallas K. Um, once again, no space and check it out. And yeah, that's great. That's it. Thanks for joining us on Beauty and the Mess. Feel free to visit Robin on Instagram at Robin underscore Emmerich. Keep on living your beautiful life and embrace the mess.